Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hello, we are back and we are continuing a discussion actually from Romans chapter 6 on the different descriptions in Romans 6 about repentance. We talked last time about how that Romans 6 was um, not about baptism as much as it is about repentance and about how that when we are buried with Christ in baptism, we are actually crucifying the old man. Emily helped us kind of understand that concept. And we are being raised to walk in newness of life. Newness of life comes with a big concept that's described in verse 12 as not obeying sin in its lust. So when we are baptized into Christ, we begin a walk that is refusing to obey something and deciding to obey something else. So tell us what what is this is Jennifer's what is how would you describe obedience? Well, let me just go ahead and read all of verse 12. It says let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. And that's from the ESV version. Um, but when I think about um, obedience, um, hold on one second. I lost my, I hit my, my thing. Um, what does it mean to obey God? Um, I was thinking about this. And in simple terms, it means hearing the word of God and acting on it. Uh, it implies aligning our will to God's will, doing what God has asked us to do. It's when we completely surrender to his authority and base our decisions and our actions on his word. And whenever I think about obedience, I do think about surrender. Um, Holly talked about freedom, and I was going to, and then Cindy had a lot to say because um, that is one of the biggest things I think that um, submission there is there is freedom in submission and sometimes those sound contradictory I know when I was a young woman before I got married I thought I'd been raised in the church but I thought I am uh-uh, I don't want anybody telling me what to do I was very um, uh, Rebellious. Well, and independent, rebellious and independent. And so that was a really big thing for me to be under the authority of someone and to submit. And then I found that there truly was this freedom in submitting, in submitting to God and submitting to our husbands because there are things that I just don't have to think about anymore. God has decided it Jesus has told us how to live in and you think about little children how it makes their life easier when they know their boundaries they know the rules and they don't have to question everything and even though it can be hard to surrender it does make things easier in so many ways we struggle to obey and listen because we are sinners we're full of pride we're scared of rejection and sometimes we don't completely trust it's about trusting also uh, when we are obedient, God can use it for his good purpose and always does. Even when we make the hard decision 
and we decide to that I'm going to be obedient no matter what as difficult as it is as hard as a time people may give me about that when I'm obedient God is going to bless that decision maybe you know, we're not going to see it right now but we're going to see it because God's going to bless our obedience. Yeah. I was pulling from what you were saying, too, and thinking about um, a couple of illustrations. I remember, you know, when uh, I remember the night very well when I became engaged to Glenn. And I remember going back to my dorm room and just falling on my pillow and thinking, thank you for taking lots and lots and lots of burdens for me. Because I'm going to be able to um, have someone to help me live conscientiously for God. I'm going to have, if I have questions, and and those are, uh, you know, abundant in my life. as And especially as our world changes and as um, we're challenged ethically with so many medical discoveries. And, and going to a godly man to whom you are submissive and saying... You know, help me make a decision about what I think about this. Let's let's do this together, um, and, and realizing that um, even things like he's going to pay the bills and he's going to decide how much of a percentage we're going to give to God every week, and all those things are very freeing. Free. That is freedom. And a, another illustration that Glenn uses sometimes is that um, you know a, a train has to be on a track in order to achieve its purpose and we all have seen um, massive train wrecks where a train was derailed and the tragedy that ensues from that and the and the chaos that's a, a part of that train wreck and and really you know we think as as children and as immature people sometimes we think I don't want to be on a track I just want to go my own way mm -hmm. But a train that's derailed and not on track anymore is not free. That train's about to stop. And it's about to self-destruct. And when we are the freest as uh, trains, if you will, is when we are on that fast um, track that is very restrictive. We are going to go the way the track directs. It's very restrictive but it is very fulfilling it gets the job done it gets what we are about our purposes accomplished and so freedom is not necessarily um well it isn't doing your own thing it is being restricted by the standard and our standard of course not a railroad track but it is the track of god's word it is the revelation that he's given us and that's when we're that's when we're really free what else about that oh. does anybody have well, I was just going to say, I think that, you know, in our culture, and it, it's been this way for many years, even I've been married for over 40 years, but even way back before I got married, submission and obedience was not a positive concept for adults. You know, I mean, you want your children to obey, but when we get to be adults, we want to do our own thing and be independent. But I just want younger women to, especially to understand what a beautiful thing submission to authority can be and how freeing that is and and luke eleven twenty eight, 28 uh one of the scriptures was blessed are those who hear the word of god and obey it 
and I, I think we can say submit to it. Um, 2 Corinthians 10.5, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And um, uh, Jesus says uh, in John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, it is he that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father and manifest myself to him. And what a beautiful thought to think that when we are obedient, we are showing love. We're showing um, love in our marriage when we submit to authority. We're showing um, love to our children when we teach them to obey us. And we're loving God in all of that when we are obedient to him. I think it's real important also for us to remember that um, sometimes it's not huge decisions of non-submission. Sometimes I've been amazed in my personal life, and I think that, you know, all Christians who have striven to be faithful would say this. Sometimes we think this is not a big deal. No one, uh, you know, this will, this will, there's no bad consequences to this little thing I'm doing, you know, this little decision, this little, uh, you know, deceit or no one, you know, this is not going to be consequential. I've been amazed at the truth of the passage. Be sure your sins will find you out because sometimes little, little compromises that you make will end up in God's big scheme of things coming back to haunt you in ways that you would not believe. It may be in the question of one of your children one day, or it may be in um, an ethical choice that you have to make, and somebody you're trying to convert says, have you not ever done this? Or if... Or it may be just that uh, someone that you never thought would find out about that finds out about, loses confidence in you. When we compromise, we tend to minimize the consequences of sin, and they are um, a a thousand times worse (laughs) than the sinner expects them to be sometimes. Sometimes it's just um, unbelievable the way that um, that, in submission comes back to haunt us and God's we don't want to say sometimes that someone else's way is better and sometimes we don't want to say that God's way is better but it is even better in all the details someone said one time to me that um I think this was an Appalachian trail hiker uh, was asked what was the most difficult thing about hiking all those I think it's like all the way across the country. What's the most difficult thing about that? And, you know, you're thinking, okay, well, it was Colorado or it was, um, you know, Oregon in the winter or it was, you know, you're going to think something like that. And this person's answer was the sand in my shoes. Well, you know, it's those, it's that little stuff that turns into big stuff and blisters on your feet that are, that make it the challenges of Colorado hard you know it's the little compromises that we make that sometimes can turn into huge um punishment I don't want to say punishment necessarily but consequences of um of disobedience and and 
a lack of surrendering of the will. What other thing do you have? Okay, Holly. I think you touched on this, but um, John fourteen fifteen says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And, you know, it's so few words and it just seems so easy, but that's really how easy it is. You know, that's really what it comes down to is that if we love him, we're going to keep his commandments. And that means every single one of them. That doesn't mean we um, say, well, that doesn't matter. You know, like you said earlier, um, I think. I think it's just so simple. It's just so simple. At the base of it, obedience is so simple. Well, I was thinking about um, the the idea of obedience. We talked about obeying God, and we surrender our will. So that means if we're obeying our lusts, we're surrendering our will to Satan. So that's a scary thought, and that's, you you know. um, Yeah, that's the thought that's in the passage. Right. Uh, You're not going to to surrender your will to give your submission to those lusts of the flesh and that's not necessarily sexual lust but any uh, thing that draws us away from the creator and and the desires that we have to be um, of this world right and Paul even says here at the end of the chapter with the you know if we're gonna choose to obey Satan there's there's no fruit in that at all it bears nothing but death you know there's he says there's no what fruit did you have in the things that you are now ashamed of nothing because it's death um and so it's easy to give in to the lust it's something you know i was thinking earlier the freedom is something we kind of have to fight for once we've tasted that freedom i think that it calls us back you know we want that freedom but it's so easy sometimes to give into the flesh. We talk, my husband and I talk about how all the time it's so easy to complain. It's so, e- it's just the easy thing to do. And you have to fight so hard against that. So it's easy to give in to the obedience of the flesh, um, to give in to obeying the flesh. But there's no fruit in that at all. It just brings forth death. And so we have to fight for that. F- that freedom that we know is so sweet it's just so liberating but you have to fight for that you know and as we're talking today not here where we are but um in the united states it's memorial day and um it is a we that we pause to remember we should pause all year to remember the great sacrifices that were given for our freedom and you know the cliche is that freedom isn't free but that's so true you know we are um we pay a price to be spiritually free and we don't pay the ultimate price that christ paid for us to be spiritually free but we're we're in an army you know when the the bible uses that metaphor a lot we are warring and so it's not supposed to be easy and there's a real sense in which we can become spiritually lazy mm-hmm. and um that's uh, i think that as we're teaching our children a work ethic we are naturally instilling in them that things that are valuable and especially things that are eternally valuable that freedom in christ is something that he bought with a great price just as our 
the people that we are memorializing today, the people that we are remembering, um, paid uh, the ultimate price. Christ, in a in a far um, greater sense, paid the ultimate price for our freedom. But just as we in America have to maintain that freedom, we have to make decisions that guard that freedom. We as Christians have to make constant decisions to maintain the freedom that he bought for us. Mm-hmm. Anything else about that? Okay, we've talked quite a, a while about this particular passage, so we're going to once again take a little break and come back, and uh, we're going to talk about one more of these characteristics from our passage, and then we will um, move for our last to give it to another passage. But I'm thrilled sitting here again by this window and I can see the sea from here and I think what what are we I know Holly and Jen are the um we Emily and I say that Holly and Jen are the parents and we're the children we just ride in the back seat and enjoy the ride (laughs) and it's great not having to plan anything and Holly's got all the our joint money on her little PayPal card and uh, she rented the car, and Jen rented the first car, and rented the cabin. And I just feel like uh, I feel like I'm six years old, and I'm just getting to have fun. And you know, I say um, sometimes I say I'm hungry, and <laughs> so or I sometimes I I did I did say last night she was saying something about something what were we even talking about it was something important that that we had and I said yeah but we don't have any dark chocolate and so we're, we, we might have to yeah we might have to see if we can take care of that so um Holly where is it we're going to go today <laughs> today we're going to go do some loose um some Lucy Maud Montgomery things we're going to go see her birth the house that she was um, born in we're going to go see kind of an iconic statue that's here and then we're going to go eat at the I think we're going to go to the Blue Muscle Cafe today Mm -hmm. tell them who Lucy Maud Montgomery is well she is the writer of the iconic book (laughs) Anne of Green Gables right yeah (laughs) and so before I left on this trip my husband Glenn said there's there's four of us on this trip and two kind of redheads really but anyway he said oh man he said this is going to be double lucy and ethel (laughs) on this trip and um so speaking of lucy mom montgomery there you know this is speaking of lucy here we are and it's been kind of that way but um you know i've i've been the straight one the responsible one <laughs> i've had to keep them all in line i don't know why they're How laughing at that you lost your glasses and they were hanging on your t-shirt this morning <laughs> okay that's all for today we'll come back to this a little bit later i hope you have a great day <laughs> <laughs>